This is County Fire Insight for Tuesday, May 12, 2020. Featuring updates from Division 2, the camp, wildfire season, the tower, and operations, as well as the incident management team, the COVID-19 economy, and FP5. Hi, welcome uh, to the County Fire Insight. This has always been one of my favorite pictures out of Station 305. I don't know what it is, but um, it's just seeing everything that County Fire does it's pretty amazing to see in this shot and uh, to think about what we do every single day I want to thank you guys for the day-to-day -day operations you do you're um, you're the reason why County Fire is great it's not all this machinery here it's it's the people that are operating it it's the calls that we're going on you're making a difference in people's lives every day you responded to COVID setting an example far and wide our county is known for the response for the way that we handled the situation um, and the way that you guys engaged yourself with the professionalism and compassion for our public. You did a lot of innovative things. As, as I've been up here and I spoke about several times, it's really important that we continue with the three C's, with interacting with the community, with communication, and with collaboration and cooperation. And COVID emphasized all of that. Those of you that spent the time figuring out how to continue to provide public education to the to our customers. I saw a really great video the other day where uh, they actually had a virtual classroom visit Fire Station 75 in Muskoy and, and the crew just did a wonderful job interacting. Those of you that uh, drove by birthday parties, I know sometimes that's hard to do, and but I appreciate it. Those things make a difference in our residents' lives and they're gonna remember us in the future. The collaboration and cooperation I saw the incident management team inter just uh, as they engaged with other agencies was second to none. The incident management team had counties from all over the place and, and different groups of individuals come and visit them for the way that, that we responded. I feel like uh, we're kind of in the downhill slide on COVID. I think all of us are relaxing a little bit, myself included. And I'm a little bit worried about that. I, I think we need to continue to take this seriously. We need to continue following the governor's orders, uh, even though it seems like everything's really slow and we don't really understand why we got to continue to do these things. We have to remember that COVID is a threat. It's still getting people sick. People are still dying from it. And as we start easing restrictions, I think that we're going to see another spike. Depending who you're listening to, I, I was in the International Association of Fire Chiefs COVID Task Force conference call this morning, and they were stating that the second wave is supposed to be worse than the first wave. I hope that that's a bunch of garbage and that's not true, but I think that we need to continue to do our part to make sure that we're prepared for it, that we're ready to respond, that we're keeping you safe, that we're, um, that we're taking this very seriously to protect our families. With that said, I want to continue to encourage sick leave. If you feel sick at all, please just stay home. And I know that we're going up into Memorial Day, and I know that this is vacation time. It's, it's going to be very difficult to do that this year with our families. Normally, we wouldn't say it, so take advantage of it now. If you're sick, please stay home. So we've got a pretty good program today. I've asked Chief Mejia to, to come and give us a Division II update and talk a little about what's happening in San Bernardino and the, the five surrounding little communities that are there. I've asked the training division to show up and, and talk about the, the tower and wildland season. And uh, Chief Opelger is going to be giving us an IMT update, operations update. She's going to be talking a little about the command center, which we're really excited about. And then I'll finish up talking a little about COVID-19, FP5, and the effects on economy. Chief Mahan. Let's see if I get this one. 
Hello everybody, I'd like to give you a quick update on Division 2. First I'd like to announce that we're uh, promoting uh, Cecilia Isaias to the OA2 position. It'll be effective June 5th, uh, so we're really happy with her work and excited to have her on board. Give you a couple of quick updates on our station 226 and 227. For the past two years we've been trying to purchase land to relocate and rebuild those stations. We've been unsuccessful either due to home or landowners being out of the country and not responding to our requests or just the land is not available. So what we decided to do is change gears and do a design and build in place. So we're working with PMD presently to start working on those projects. So you might see PMD around there. Also with Grand Terrace, we've been in negotiations with them for a land or a lease purchase for that station 23. Um, we decided to postpone those negotiations till after November in the FP5 vote, and then we'll start back up those negotiations right after. Some operational stuff, uh, Camp 6 was up on Little Mountain, opening up some of those uh, dozer roads up there so we could have better access with our Type 3s as fire season comes upon us, and also to segment that area off to slow the spread of the, the fires that happen up there annually. And also we're gonna be uh, putting goats in on Little Mountain East over by Edgerton where we had that fire last year and around those homes. Uh, the goats will be uh, clearing about 50 acres of land around there. So we're excited about seeing how that works out and hopefully in the future be able to expand that program. Also we'll be putting into service Medic Engine 75 uh, in the next month or so. So we're excited about getting that unit on board. Um, that's pretty much the updates for Division 2. I'd like to acknowledge uh, an exceptional service that we received from a crew from Medic Engine 22 this last week out there. We had a lady from Rancho Cucamonga driving through. She had a medical episode, it came in as a TC non-injury, but she was uh, having a diabetic is issue. And our crew responded, got unseen, and found her to be altered. She was unable to assist us with opening the doors or windows. So they had to break a back window, get access in, secure the car, and they were able to get her out and get her transported to the hospital and take care of her issue. This is where the crew went above and beyond. They went ahead, due to the fact that San Diego City PD doesn't respond to TC not injuries, they didn't feel comfortable just leaving her car there. So they took the car back to the fire station. They went ahead and vacuumed out the broken glass in the back and then secured the window with plastic so that when she drove it, it wouldn't be just open. And they got a hold of a family member and let her know the car was at station 222. And uh, she came there two hours later and was very appreciative. I appreciate this kind of uh, exceptional service and I just want to say thank you to Captain Jan Janeway, uh, Engineer Cavada, and Firefighter Sargenti. So thank you. Can't, can't take off the other microphone. Rookie mistake. I want to thank those that responded to uh, the fire off 330. I think it was the Adobe Fire uh, Crew 15-1, and the GH crews got out there. The engine crews did good work. I hear it's pretty dirty burn. It looked pretty awesome uh, from the window. You'd be surprised how many supervisors called me and said, "Hey, where's this fire? What's going on? Do we need to be aware of it? Is it burning houses?" And it's uh, they're highly interested when they see smoke in the sky. This is going to be an interesting fire season. Uh, I've got Chief Evans here to talk about it. It's, um, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be 
be really disappointed that I'm going to be missing it and just watching from the window and answering those supervisors' phone calls. But Chief Evans, why don't you tell us about what's going on? Thanks, Chief. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Chief uh, uh, Battalion Chief Bob Evans over at Special Operations in the Wildlands section. I've been asked to come in here and just give a quick update as to what's happening uh, over on the Wildlands side. So we have Old Cajon. We've hired back our FSA ones, and the crew is back. And they've just recently gone through critical training. They went out and did uh, had a couple weeks of internal classes, and then finished that off with 36 hours up in the Arrowhead Springs area, where they actually simulate. Um, cutting line, well they don't simulate cutting line, they cut line, simulated firing operations, bed down in place, things of that nature, they're going for some extended hikes. So I'm real proud of the folks for doing that. Um, they're going to come up for their crew readiness review on the 14th and uh, they've already been on a few fires and the crew morale is, is doing well. Um, physical fitness is, is on par for this point in time in the, in the season, so proud of those folks. Um, they're out working on various projects. They've worked up on a little mountain. Currently, they're out at Arrowhead Springs doing some contract work and uh, responding to fires as well. May 25th, Old Cajon will be hosting the tower for two weeks to get them through their basic uh, wildland classes and skill sets. They'll have them for two weeks out there and also uh, leading the physical training uh, part of their tower. January 1st, I uh, just got approval from Chief Opelger. I'm going to go ahead and send the crew to Camp Pendleton Fire School. So they'll be out there June 1st through June 5th. I think that'll be a unique opportunity. It's the first time we've sent Old Cajon, to my knowledge, uh, down to that. And I think they're going to shine and, and get some good notoriety out of that as well, as well as receive some really good training. On the project side at Camp 6, uh, finally was able to get two showers repaired. Um, that's going to start tomorrow, so I'm hoping to have working shower facilities for those uh, up to 30 folks within a week or two. In addition, um, thanks to Fire Chief Support and Chief Hubble, I was able to get a PMD project approved by the board to build a, a freestanding larger shower slash laundry and bathroom facility, which is sorely needed for that camp. You know, keep in mind you got up to 30 of the probably the dirtiest dirtiest folks in San Bernardino County Fire. And it's going to be nice to give them a nice place to uh, shower up and, and so forth. Um, I'd like to congratulate James Salazar to his promotion as captain. Um, that's going to be a significant hole in the program. We're able to move Carlos Estrella into his spot. Carlos will do an outstanding job in James' absence. Um, and we, we look forward to James having a successful uh, probation as a captain. I think currently he's assigned to Station 2. In addition, Jared Dowden is one of our lead FSA 3s, squad boss. He's out on injury. Um, we're going to miss Jared as well. We hope he returns back to work. Old Cajon will be working with land use services uh, uh, throughout the season doing abatement and uh, ingress, egress work, which we're excited to do up in the mountaintop with underneath uh, chief walls, try and secure some of those primary and secondary <laughs> egress routes. As for Glen Helen, the inmate side, we have two crews with 25 inmates trained up. Next week, their critical training uh, will, will happen along with their qualified relief foreman. Crew readiness drill is on the 21st. The dozer program, they've they're been very busy as well. Keep in mind they're staffed 24 7. And uh, dozer 2 has received what we call track extenders, which gives it the ability to uh, crawl up and down steeper slopes more safely. 
Um, they they were out at South Desert Fire yesterday. Um, they were on the Adobe Fire. They're they're definitely receiving some action. Um, currently, we're trying to we've identified a heavy fire equipment operator spot. We're trying to get some funding for that. Currently working on that as well as uh, improving the court living quarters at Camp 15. Um, the the helicopter assignment. Those guys are doing a great job. Uh, it's operations normal out there. It's early in the season. They've already started some water dropping missions. As far as the training aspect to the wildland section, and, and Captain Garber is going to be speaking next. I hope I don't step on his toes. The RT-130, if you've seen the uh, memo from Chief Hubble, has been extended through May 29th. Um, I realized there was a hiccup on that. When we extended it, Target Solutions had a difficult time accepting the extension. Um, thanks to Robert Stein, we are able to get that shored up, and I think it's all cleaned up now. So if you log back in, you should see uh, your assignments appropriately. I am receiving the validations. I have Sandra Kiros making an Excel spreadsheet to make sure that um, we're accounting for all your hard work there, and we appreciate it. Uh, due to the COVID-19, we had to cancel a lot of the wildland training classes that were scheduled on the books. Chief Wachowski is going to go ahead and look at his schedule towards the end of the season. And, or at the end of the year, and we'll try and implement those, those classes and make them available to you. So keep your eye open to any department announcements as well as target solutions. We encourage you to open up position task books. Uh, again, Chief Wachowski can initiate those. We are encouraging you to please um, increase your ability in the wildland side. We are an all-risk fire department, and one of those risks is the wildland, and we have a heavy prevalence in, in our county with um, you know, large-scale campaign fires, let alone the initial attack fires. So I just want to encourage you folks to take these classes, um, open up position task books, and get some of that, that good experience and bring it home for us. Lastly, uh, just to, and I think Chief Obergrill will speak to it, a quick seasonal outlook. Um, predictive services is showing that beginning of July, we should really start cranking up on some large um, fire growth and multi-day campaign fires and so forth. With all the late season winter rains, um, we've got a bumper crop of grass out there. You've, you've seen it when you're walking around. It's, it's, it's there, it's, it's gonna cure out. We're already seeing this, the uh, effects of it. It seems as if we went from winter with all the rain and mountain snow right into summer. It seems like we spick, uh, skipped spring. We were not getting the, the May gray. Uh, seems like it's back the last couple of days. So if we maintain that in the June gloom, uh, it looks like Predictive Services is on track with July. So with all that, I would say SoCal, I don't, I don't ever recall call Southern California having two years in a row of low activity. So I'm sure we're gonna be hitting it hard here shortly. I just ask you to be prepared, be well trained, and keep care of your, your folks, and keep your head on a swivel. Thank you. Uh, the fire in Josh Tree was impressive. I saw some video from, from Paxton at one of the towers there, and it just really took off. And then I started hearing from cooperators that Chief McClintock did a good job. And there was one piece of feedback, though, that they asked me to, to pass on to you, Mike, and that's if everybody's going to call you Mike on the radio, don't establish a division Mike. So remember to skip right over division Mike and go with uh, November or Nancy or something. I want to thank Brian James. Brian James did a great job. He went to Chief Hubble and said, you know, we have, uh, we have the fire tower, 
we do an orientation for the captains, we do an orientation for the BCs, but we're not doing anything for the, for the engineers. I want to start this up. You work with Scott Abraham and, and some of the other uh, engineer cadre in the past, and they've got a pretty good process going. Earlier this week, being able to pin the badge on 13 of our, our individuals that are promoting to captain and engineer was a great experience. Uh, captain Garber, you have an update on the fire tower, correct? In the training division? Good afternoon, everybody. John Garber with training. Just going to catch you up mainly on uh, Tower 11 and then some of the stuff going on down there with training. So right now we have 21 uh, cadets currently in the tower. They're on week nine. That means they got seven weeks left uh, to finish up the tower. Last week uh, we did Rick and Auto X, so that was a, a full couple weeks. Right now they're in Fire Control 3. The weather's helping us out a little bit. Um, everybody's healthy. We're using social distancing and wearing our masks inside the classroom, so it seems like it's working out. Um, graduation is scheduled for July 2nd, so that's coming up real quick. Um, so kind of turning to training in general. Um, we got four new Connex boxes. They're painted up exactly like our uh, Draeger Phase 5. Um, two uh, Connex boxes are stacked up, and that'll be our two-story prop. Also, we have a uh, two that are side-by-side -side that we're going to build out for Rick and USAR. Um, we're going to be taking delivery of a Draeger um, SCBA confidence course that will be outfitted on one of those side-by-side -side trailers. Uh, let's see here. Class is scheduled for May. Obviously, they've been canceled. We're taking a look at that. Hopefully, maybe the end of May, looking into June, we might be able to schedule some classes. We know that fire season is coming upon us quick, so it'll just be a little bit of a different year. Uh, just to go over again on RT-130, so captains, um, once your crews are done with their assignment, make sure you go back in there and, and validate that. Um, once it's validated, at that uh, validate um, assignment, it's the last one. You're gonna send that email. If you go to the very bottom, it says special operations. Click that, send an email in that all your crews have completed that and we can check all the boxes. And also, um, we're working on a, a Rick Velcro project. We're gonna be changing out our Velcro to match the rest of the county. I've been working on that, trying to get everybody's name correct. We just uh, finalized that today and the, the order will actually be shipped out in the next couple of days. So once that comes in, I'll get it out to the, the BCs and they'll get them out so we can do that all at once. And uh, that's all I have. Have a great day. Chief Hubble had to hop on another phone call with Southern California Edison and some of the other county departments to talk about the, the uh, power line shut off, the safety shut off that they're doing. So he's unable to, to be here. The thing I'd probably ask him to talk about is a little about the upcoming uh, testing for positions. And we're not anticipating doing any more testing for the remainder of the year. Uh, but early in the beginning of next year, you're going to see engineer captain and probably battalion chiefs coming. So be prepared for that. Continue to take your classes. Use this opportunity right now to, to continue your education. We understand that it's a little difficult to travel. We have those restrictions, but start planning it out. I do want to talk about some opportunities that are available to you. And one of those, uh, Chief Hubble submitted to go to the National Fire Academy. The National Fire Academy will play, pay for your plane ticket out there. You'll have a room and board. The fire department will cover your meals and your time out there. And it's a great place to network with the really the International Fire Service, 
but there's some great curriculum and classes out there. I highly recommend that you look at the National Fire Academy website and see what they offer. Another great opportunity is TEEKS, which is T-E-E-X. That's uh, the Texas Extension of Engineering. And they have a lot of free classes as well, very similar. And you can go take a lot of the Homeland and FEMA classes free for them. And then as always, I'll encourage you to continue on your career track. If you're an engineer, please start taking your company officer tracks, even if you're taking once, one a year. When you get to that point, when you're ready to promote, you don't have to go back and take a bunch of classes. You'll be prepared. Chief Opliger has been doing an incredible job staying up on operations as well as the COVID response, and we've asked her to be here to, to speak on a number of things. The one I'm most excited about is the command center. So I'll ask you to speak on that first, Kat, if you mind. Sure. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hi, everybody. How are you this afternoon? I uh, just want to start by saying again, congratulations to our captains and engineers who recently promoted, as well as Cecilia out of Division Two. Congrats. Okay, so IMT status, where are we at with that? The IMT, I just want everybody to be very clear about this. The IMT, as you guys know, stood up very significantly to address the COVID response, um, not only departmentally, but countywide. Um, we built a very solid infrastructure and foundation and that stands in place today. We have moved some folks back into their regular positions, but rest assured that team is still very much stood up, still very much responding to the changing environment, to getting you the information you need, to getting you the tools you need to do your job. Essentially, nothing as far as on your end should look differently uh, with regards to that IMT and uh, the support of all you folks on the floor. It is there and working hard for you every day. If not, they're physically, they're out doing that work um, in their regular jobs. So I just wanted you to, to all know about that. We're getting ready to look at all the memos that are about ready to come due. Uh, I, in fact, I did it yesterday, signed a bunch of memos extending them for another 30 days. As the county uh, looks at relaxing some of their policies and procedures or addressing them, changing them, what have you, we'll, we'll follow suit and get those out right behind that. So you'll see those memos coming out here, if not already, in the coming days. The only, the only real changes we saw from the county with regards to COVID is the change to the mask procedures. Basically, they went from a mandatory to a recommended. With regards to the fire department and the XBO, nothing has changed. Uh, we still uh, encourage you to wear those masks in the firehouse, to wear those masks, of course, on calls. Uh, nothing really has changed, so uh, we want to make sure that everybody is remaining diligent. We know very little about the virus still, folks. We know very little about the infection, the reinfection rate, uh, the, the, the window period. Uh, everything about the virus is still very much the unknown. So continue to be diligent, continue to wear that PPE, and continue to reach out to the nurse hotline if you have any questions as we go along. Uh, uh, Engineer uh, Brimmer has done a fantastic job in our supply unit there with the folks that are supporting him getting those PPEs out to all of you on the floor. Uh, none of that has changed. They're still in place doing that every day. We are seeing a little bit of a, a down um, turn in the putting that stuff into the, the documents to report to us what your needs are. I just encourage you to stay diligent with that so that they can stay on top of getting that to you in a timely manner. Of course, they can respond to your last minute needs and will do that. 
they are there solely to support the BDC mission, but it helps them a lot on the planning side if you get that to them as early as possible and continue to update that on a daily basis. The antibody testing, let's talk about that for a minute. So we know that we have the COVID swab testing and, and we've got the, the criteria and the matrices that address when that is appropriate, but we're, we're putting out the antibody testing right now. So the antibody testing is coming out to every single person on the floor. That's that little square thing that we drop a couple of drops of blood into. It gives us one of, two, one of three results, either negative, negative, a positive IgM or a positive IgG that I won't bore you with, but those are coming out. If you haven't seen them already, you will see them in the very near future. In the, um, at the outset, they were originally offered to those going off duty only. I wanna let you all know, spread the word. I changed that direction early last week. Those are being offered to everybody, on duty or off duty, everybody will be offered that test when our nurses show up. If we miss you the first time, I assure you we'll get you the second time around. So be sure to let somebody know if, if uh, we need to circle back and get you. So spread that word around because I know that's been kind of a, wasn't, folks weren't sure about that. So the, um, the IMT, the IMT, as you know, you guys has, have done a fantastic job getting this all stood up for us, but you know, uh, uh, most of their success has been based on you guys being so, so very invested in, in providing outstanding customer service to our, to our communities, um, to following all the rules and guidelines. I, I, we're seeing a little uptick, so I just continue to encourage you guys to s stick to the process, uh, stay focused on the process moving forward. The IMT uh, is, is uh, we're getting ready to put out uh, an announcement XBO-wide to offer uh, IMT participation XBO-wide, meaning the operational area-wide, all the fire departments in San Bernardino County. So I'll put it out also to the department again. If you're interested in participating on the IMT, we encourage you to apply. Uh, you don't have to be qualified, just interested. And of course, have your assistant chief's permission to participate. And of course, be know that we ask for a two-year commitment. And of course, you have to be ready to up and go to the assignment um, at, at the drop of a hat, much like a strike team assignment. Uh, we can be somewhat flexible there, but we just encourage you to participate on the team. It's a great thing, and um, it makes us all stronger working together. Okay, uh, just real briefly, want to touch base on the or touch uh, touch on the command center and where that's at. So, as you may or may not know, we're really excited about the command center. Uh, the COVID, all the work that was done on COVID, really has helped us segue into getting that command center stood up very quickly. Uh, the chief's direction to me is to get that stood up by June first, which is a 100% achievable objective. Uh, very recently, in fact, I left. A command center meeting to come in and be with you guys this afternoon uh, but the chief has given uh, us direction as I said to get that stood up on on June 1st and we're, we're, we're making that happen I very recently uh, delegated the entire project to Chief Birchfield which was probably one of the best things I've ever done is taking our subject matter expert and engaging him in something that he is so great at in addition to his fantastic leadership who knows that whole process better? He has uh, worked very hard writing a plan that is fantastic moving forward. And of course, works very closely with uh, Chief Mahan to address all the needs we have there. So he is at current continuing that meeting with uh, 
comm center and comm fire personnel. It was a very promising meeting when I left. Looking forward to seeing that unfold. So Chief Birchfield will oversee this project, will we'll take the lead in getting it stood up, of course, and I'll do anything I can to support him uh, getting that done. And he will also oversee our relationship with Confire with regards to our IT needs, um, which, as you know, have mostly shifted to Yvonne Robbins here at, at, uh, with, the, with the County Fire Department, but there is still a lot of things that we work on with uh, Confire's IT department, with especially like Tablet Command. So he'll be also heading that group up. Uh, those sideboards are being developed as we speak, and it looks really promising, and I'm really excited about it. Um, we'll, we'll be getting this done, and it'll be really great for County Fire and for the operational area, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll be very quick with the last few things. So what does our wildland response look like under COVID? Uh, Cal Fire, Forest Service, the XBO agencies, which is all of our other cooperating agencies and your county fire department got together to discuss what does our response look like our wildland response look like under covid there was a lot of discussion about from our other agencies about how they respond so we kind of broke it up in um responding to the fire fire attack uh fire ground command and the extended attack it's essentially some of our cooperators are going to be doing a little bit different things with regards to getting to the incident but our response isn't going to change you're still going to respond to the incident as you respond to every incident uh, today um, you'll arrive at that incident and will the, the the fire ground attack hose lays hand line construction what have you will remain the same as it always have most of what we're looking at addressing is what the um, fire Fireground command looks like when we're all at our command post we're gonna obviously be practicing social distancing be wearing masks some of the new tools that will be in our battalion chief uh, toolbox will be ordering a decon unit having a deco a infection control officer come to the scene um, we'll be looking at our, our practices and behaviors in fire camp so um, while the fire ground attack will be the same, we'll be looking at different standards, kind of commensurate with what you're doing now in both fire camp and, and at the command post. So essentially, not a lot of changes, but some that you're already used to. With regards to the uh, resources from our cooperators, of course, CAL FIRE, you won't see any changes with regards to their resources. Forest Service was looking at a couple of different models. Um, half of their staff coming on, the other half being on two-hour call. Um, but the chief and the ops chief at the forest are committed to redeeming their responsibility and being excellent cooperators. So you will see that they'll be up to full staffing here very shortly. The forest service has brought on call when needed fixed wing aircraft. Currently we have uh, heavy aircraft, not the VLATs, but 130 C-130s available at San Bernardino, uh, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria that'll serve South Ops. That's currently available right now. Their, their rotor wing aircraft will come on duty. The contracts come on uh, June 1st, so they'll be available. But of course, we have uh, our sheriff's resources and the CAL FIRE rotor wing aircraft available to you. CAL FIRE also, of course, has their regular fleet of S2s out of Hammett Ryan and Ramona. Those are available today. Uh, let's see what else did I want to tell you. Fuels management projects were, as Chief Evans mentioned, we're looking at several ways to manage fuels to assist with the community risk reduction objectives that Chief Muncie has given have have given me. 
um, if it's predictable, it's preventable. So in addition to the goats that, that he and Chief Mejia mentioned, we're also going to look at a couple of uh, live fire projects here in the next mm, three weeks. We'll take a hard look at it this afternoon and see if we want to move forward with a project both here on Little Mountain and um, up in the North Desert. These projects, uh, different from what we've done in the past, will be all about fuels mitigations rather than training, although we will still have a training com component available on those incidents if, in fact, we do move forward with that. Um, but I'd like to burn as much country as we can on Little Mountain in a mosaic pattern with low intensity to kind of avoid those hydrophobic soils that cause the, um, the um, runoff, if we can. And, and, and put fire where we need to put it so that we don't have a fire there this year and we don't lose any homes. So that's kind of what we're looking at and we'll let you guys know if uh, we're going to get that done here in the next few days so that we can offer any opportunities to those who really want to participate. Let's see. Lastly, guys, listen, you, you, the last thing I really want to share with you is during all these discussions with regards to our wildland response and COVID, the one thing that kept coming to mind for me was we're going to load our firemen up with all of this, all these worries about COVID and, and, and am I exposed to the guy on the hose line or am I exposed to the guy I'm cutting line next to that we're going to lose sight of the spot fire in the canyon below us. So I implore you to, while I ask you to be diligent with COVID, um, listen, wildland fires kill us every year. So keep your eye on the ball take care of your crews, take care of one another, and don't lose sight of that monster that tends to get us when we turn our back. Uh, God bless you all for all you do. Take care of your families, take care of each other, and thanks for your time. So I just had a question come in about uh, graduation for Tower 11. So the date is July 2nd, like I said. Um, there's some confusion. We're going to be doing their state-required testing uh, the following weeks after the graduation. So, so it will be July 2nd. Thanks. Some of you read an email from uh, Chief Corbin regarding REACH H325, and that's been a great program for County Fire. We've had a lot of a lot of pride in that. It was uh, really beneficial when we could launch that helicopter for our mission. And I know that we've got really strong relationships with our, our REACH brothers and sisters, and especially those that are in H325. The REACH and County Fire came to a consensus that we couldn't continue the current agreement. And the reason is, uh, simply put, we can't launch them on our calls. We have to use the rotation, and we're not making enough revenue to cover our costs in County Fire. So we are working with the employees. Chief Corbin's been up there. Jim Gregoli's been up there. We're going to make sure that we have spots for the paramedics and nurses to land in our organization to ensure that we're treating them right. But we're really sorry um, to have to cancel that contract. We know that it's really been beneficial to our operations and to the mission that you guys do every day. We're going to continue to look at things like that. As, as you've heard before, we've had some presentations on a helicopter program that Chief Evans has been working on, Chief Opliger. You'll hear more of that in the future. But I want to thank Jessica and the crews for everything that they've done leading up to this. I know this is a difficult time for you, but we're thinking of you. The COVID response, the conversations in, in the international community uh, uh, 
which you hear a lot in the national community, the fire chiefs, is not so much COVID response anymore. You're still hearing a lot about the logistics and how much fake PPE there is in the system. Thank you, uh, Corbin Dorado, for making sure that our equipment and, and the logistics on the IMT for making sure that our PPEs are legit and they were vetted out and they're truly taking care of our people. The second thing that you hear about is the COVID economy. And this is very, very real situation. Every day that the government shut down, the less money that local government has to operate in the future. We're sitting cities around us scrambling right now, trying to save money. There's gonna be pressure on area fire departments to cut back costs. They may look for other solutions. We're here to support those fire departments. Um, we're, I don't like the word takeover at all. I like working with other people and if it makes sense for both organizations to have an annexation, that would be something that we would pursue. Speaking of annexations, uh, it's, it's true that Big Bear is going to be looking for an RFP with County Fire. Chief Walls will be working on that with his team. Uh, certainly he'll be working with Chief Opliger and myself as we explore that relationship. It would not be an FP5 annexation. That would solely be based on the property tax, which appears to be sufficient to uh, be able to sustain operations up there. Been in contact with, uh, with the chief up there. We've had some conversations. He's told me that this, this RFP should be coming here within a month or so. The COVID economy has also put a lot of pressure on the county of San Bernardino. Lucky for us, we've got a pretty good fending mechanism in the property tax. And the property tax is going to remain robust, hopefully, throughout this COVID economy. It probably will start decreasing in years four and five from, from now. But it's going to keep us pretty stable. The concern always is FP5. I'll talk about that in the meantime. A really good presentation to watch is the last Board of Supervisors meeting where Gary McBride did a presentation on the COVID effects on the general fund. And it's devastating. He's, uh, the county's anticipating that in years three, four, and five, they're gonna see $80 million losses per year just to sustain the current operations the county does. Now, they prepared that presentation probably a week and a half ago, and since then, there's been more devastating news. I think part of the, one of the biggest ones was how slow California is going to open up its economy. That will affect the county moving forward as well. So it's uh, not really going to affect us much. We do get some general fund support, but Katrina has done a good job locking in our general fund support through MOUs and through she's working on property tax transfer that I've discussed to ensure that our district is paid for the, for the unfunded service areas. A little bit about FP5, as you know, it's on the ballot. Tonight's gonna be our first meeting where we're getting out in front of uh, our citizens and we're talking about what a repeal of FP5 looks like. We gotta be very careful when we do this. Uh, we have to say, this is what the fire district looks like with FP5 funding. We do all these things. These are enhanced services. This is where our fire stations are. This is our staffing. And this is what it looks like without FP5. But we can't advocate for or against that ballot measure. Tonight, we'll be talking to the City of 29 Palms. The City of 29 Palms is 100% funded on FP5. So an FP5 repeal uh, literally is devastating for the city. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to close that fire station necessarily. It just means that there's going to be a lot less money in that division to operate. It would be, an, it's anticipated, frankly, that if FP5 is repealed, that three out of the six stations covering that entire South Desert would um, have to close down. 
That's a significant blow to the South Desert. The, 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 full, now the, the presentation we're doing tonight is just for 29 Palms. We have a full presentation that's going to be going to the very next Board of Supervisors meeting on Tuesday. And it's going to talk about everything that County Fire does and all the services that we offer, the good things that you guys do every single day, and how we're funded with property tax and FP5 and the importance of FP5. And then it's going to demonstrate across the board to every division what it looks like without FP5. That affects us here in admin, that affects all our geographical divisions, that affects the fire marshal's office, the warehouse, special ops, training, everything. But that'll be a full presentation. Presentation is going to be lengthy. It'll probably take about an hour. The reason why it's such a long presentation is we need to get the information out there, educating our fire board. Then I can we can take that that information and we can get out to the communities and we can talk about what we presented in an education fashion to our fire board. So if you have any thoughts on that, feel free to, to email us and uh, let us know what you want to see in that presentation. It's mostly written. Uh, like I said, it, it talks about what we've been doing and all the services and where we're going, and then it talks about what it would look like without an FP5. I'm still very confident that we're going to win this. I think we win a 50 plus one vote for a couple of reasons. One is the public's already paying it. It's not like it's a new tax. And the second is it's just so devastating when we, if the fire district will lose $41 million, $41.5 million, that I don't know that the citizens are going to support repealing it. What, what we need from you is to support us in the conversations with FP5. There's a couple of rumors that are going out right now. One of them I want to address specifically. There was a rumor that if FP5 were to be repealed that maybe the cities would sue to block the repeal and that would gain us three to four years. That's just not the way it would happen. If, if um, the repeal was successful and we lost the $41 million, and if there was a lawsuit, then we would have to take that money and put it into an escrow account because after three to four years, that money becomes $120, $160 million that we would have to pay back. And we certainly don't have that much in reserve, so we couldn't spend it, number one. The second problem with that is if we had to give the money back, we have to pay interest. Just in Upland, San Antonio alone for two years, it was, it was about $2.5 million of interest that we needed to pay back. Uh, the third thing that's probably wrong with that is uh, the citizens have a right to repeal any tax. That's just their constitutional right. I don't know that there would be any lawsuit that would stand up that could challenge that. We need to, as a fire district, we need to focus our efforts into making sure that we're getting out to the communities, we're demonstrating the great things that you guys are doing every single day. Some of the stories like Chief Mejia was talking about, uh, some of the stories that we heard on the, the recent fire, the Adobe fire or the 29 Palms fire, we need to get those informations out. Those that are interacting with the public in unique ways, uh, let's, let's continue to do that, Com continue to communicate with the public and highlight the great things that you guys do every day. That's where our focus needs to be on. If there are any rumors that are going out there, feel free to reach out to me. You can send me an email. I'd, ha I'd be happy to reply to all and uh, give a response. Reach out to your battalion chief. Reach out to your, your assistant chief. But we want to make sure we're having great communication up and down the chain on everything this fire department does, but especially when it comes to, to FP5. I want to close uh, by mentioning Ben Wurzel. Ben's been here filming these Facebook Lives for a long time now. He does a lot of things behind the scene. I don't know that we thank him a lot. Um, 
Tracy, I know that you're watching. Thank you for what you're doing. Ben has, has uh, put this up as a podcast as well as the normal Facebook Live, the County Fire Insights. He's put that podcast out to the email to the whole distribution list. You can start downloading these podcasts. I know that Chief Opliger and myself are going to do short podcasts as information becomes available on some of the more important things we're doing like the command center and FP5 and the economy and staffing. So make sure you subscribe to that and you'll be even more in the loop. Thank you so much for everything that you guys do. Thank you, uh, team, for showing up and uh, supporting us and getting the information out to our folks. And I understand there's one question. Can I do a quick go back? Absolutely. You can, you can hang with me. I'll be right back. Sorry, you, can, you need to come back to say goodbye, okay? No, I need to answer this question, too. So. Oh, no, it's, it's real quick. Just, hey, just a quickie update, you guys. Um, CFAA, it's been outstanding forever. It's finally been ratified. There's not a lot of changes that are significant to our response, but one of the great outcomes of, of CFAA finally uh, getting uh, squared away is that um, through the great relationships uh, that we've formed with our wild uh, land management agencies such as CAL FIRE and Forest Service, um, one of the benefits of that, and of course the hard work of, of our uh, leadership and our dozer operators in our program is that um, CAL FIRE is, um, uh, CAL FIRE is, is going to enter into a contract with us with our dozers. So our dozers will now um, fall in behind CAL FIRE to provide coverage and will also have opportunities to take out of county assignments. This is huge, you guys. This is really great. It's really exciting. Um, one of the other things that we're finalizing, I had a discussion last week with uh, Chief Nobles from the forest, is we're finalizing uh, our agreement for our crews to be statused um, by the Forest Service. So this is all uh, um, the, the uh, product of all the hard work that everybody's put into building these incredible, out, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? transparent and trusted relationships. So thank you all for doing your part in building these relationships in the field. Um, great new stuff for us, really looking forward to it. But I needed to go back and let you guys know that really quick. Also, our, all of our wildland agreements are in place. There's a handful that aren't and our assistant chiefs are working very hard to get those all cleaned up. So that was my go back, thanks. <laughs> so I, I couldn't, stay here Kat. I, oh. I couldn't be any prouder of our crew getting status. This has been a dream of so many people, including myself, so, I mean, this is big. This means that they'll be able to respond out of the county on fires. Uh, this brings a lot of legitimacy to our program and gives us the funding that we need to support that program even more, uh, potentially if we're not affected by FP5 and the economy to grow that program, which is something I know Chief Evans and Chief Opliger have been really working for. So this is wonderful. The dozer program, uh, we don't have dozer operators right now, but we're continuing to work towards that. And on one hand, we're facing a COVID economy where the county's not going to be able to support us with the general fund money as much. We're, we're facing uh, the FP5 repeal. But the county's made it clear that if we can go find the revenue to support these programs, then we can hire these positions. So Chief Evans is out working with land use services and getting contracts to go up to Toronto and repair some of the earthquake damages, things like that but really beating the bush to make sure that we have the revenue coming in so we can actually hire some, some dozer operators. Yeah. But the final thing I want to ask you is uh, this, this year's CFA also included aircraft. So is there any implications for our chief officers or our captains as it comes to that? Any what? Any, any uh, problems, anything they should be aware of? Um, implications. Implications. Thank you. Um, 
Uh, no, nothing that, that uh, it, um, uh, sure there is, yes. It, the availability of aircraft to us has become a little bit more, more prolific through this new agreement. Um, but as you guys know, we have a couple of tools in our toolbox to, to uh, get aircraft and ways that we have taught our guys how to do that. So what I'll do is I'll put together a, a, like a, like a Q&A or a quick little list that outlines that for our BCs and our company officers moving forward um, so that I can clearly spell it out rather than trying to muddle my way through it right now. Thanks for putting me on the spot, Chief. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing you. Yeah, no. So, no, you're right. There, there is. Go ahead. Kat and I do these meetings. Oh, thank you. Uh, nonstop. We're either on the phone and it's amazing how many webcasts. I think I've been on like six today <laughs> with different agencies and you've been at least on seven. <laughs> So excuse me for not, not being able to, to say the word implications. Yeah, but that was a great question. It truly was. It was, huh? It really was. And they Thank need you. to know that. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate you. <laughs> this has been County Fire Insight for Tuesday, May 12, 2020.